Welcome to High Cheese. It's Friday, May 26th, 2023. So Ron DeSantis announced this week, and quite frankly, I don't think it's a good political move by him. And let me just lay out my rationale for why it's not a good political move. And just let, let's first take a look at loyalty. Now, he is being extremely disloyal to Donald Trump. And here's why that's important. Donald Trump did a lot for Ron DeSantis. Donald Trump is correct when he says that he got DeSantis elected, governor of Florida. Don't forget, DeSantis was floundering out there. And it wasn't until Trump took him under his wing, endorsed him, did DeSantis win. And it's extremely important to voters. Because if DeSantis is going to be disloyal to Donald Trump, a man that helped him tremendously in his political career, how loyal is he going to be to the taxpayer, to the voter? How can we believe him if he turns his back on the man that helped him? He's going to turn his back on us. And that's going to resonate, particularly in the primary. Now, the second thing is that he can only get hurt by this by Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a street fighter. If you want to go toe-to-toe with Donald Trump, He will hit you anywhere, everywhere, and with everything he's got. And clearly, DeSantis is going to get hurt by this. And it's going to hurt him in 2028 if he decides to run. Now, the only redeeming thing he can get out of this is that Trump Trump asks him to be his running mate. And DeSantis accepts. But I just don't see that happening now. And the other thing that he's doing right now, he's saying... uh, He's positioning himself as, well, I'm Donald Trump without all the baggage. His positions are similar to that of Trump's, but without all the baggage. But he's not tested. He's not tested on the international level. He's not tested on running a country. And if DeSantis thinks that the mainstream media and the Democrats are going to be any easier on him than Donald Trump, he's mistaken. And then the other thing, too, is that he uh, he came out on an interview, I think, with, with uh, Eric Balling on Newsmax. And he says, oh, I, I'm going to pardon Trump. Well, that's a big assumption. And is that all his position is? He thinks that uh, these court cases are eventually going to chisel Donald Trump and he's going to be in there to fill in the void? Well, Trump's not going anywhere. He should read the polls on this. Every Every time Trump gets indicted, loses a court case, he just gets stronger and stronger. And if he had any political instincts, he would say, I can't get in the way of that. And if he really did think that Trump was going to get chiseled down to nothing, he didn't have to announce right now. He could announce later. But I think what's happened is he got pushed into this by these big donors, a lot of these rhinos, to the tune, I think, of at least a quarter of a billion dollars has been committed to him. It's a lot of money. So he can't back out. He's got, oh my God, I got all these people that said they're going to back me for this kind of money. How can I say no to that? And I think that's one of the reasons that he's running. And again, that's not a positive thing that you want from your president. Because what's going to happen if DeSantis does win, does become president one day, he's going to cave to the donors. He's going to cave to the people that paid him. So if he can't say no to them now, He'll never be able to say no to them. So we shall see. You know, I'm quite disappointed. I liked DeSantis going into this. I thought he was would have been a great candidate in 2028. But he's really hurt himself 
right now. And the only way he can redeem himself is maybe take a, the VP slot from Trump. But I just don't see that happening right now. And the longer they get into this, it's just going to turn into a fistfight. And Donald Trump wins fistfights. So we shall see. Of Justice has been investigating the president's son, Hunter Biden, for possible tax crimes. Last fall, FBI sources told us they had sufficient evidence to bring charges. CBS's Jim Axelrod spoke to the IRS agent who is blowing the whistle on what he says was preferential treatment in his first public interview. When I took control of this particular investigation, I immediately saw it, you know, it was way outside the norm of what, what I've experienced in the past. There was multiple steps that were, were slow walked at the uh, direction of, of the Department of Justice. Had you ever encountered that before? I have not, no. These deviations from normal process, and, and, and each and every time it seemed to, to always benefit the subject. It just got to that point where that switch was, uh, was turned on and I just couldn't silence my conscience anymore. So we have a second whistleblower on the Hunter Biden IRS probe and his name is gary shapley and he's essentially saying that the department of justice is slow walking this investigation and this is not justice so we've got two whistleblowers from the irs on this we've got the irs taking the entire team off of this case and as i mentioned uh, three or four episodes ago that we should keep our eyes on this case because this case will tell us where the deep state is regarding Joe Biden's reelection. And as I've said before, that if Hunter Biden gets a slap on a wrist or nothing happens, it's the deep state supporting Joe Biden's reelection. If they indict, they come down hard on Biden. They don't want Joe Biden to run. Simple as that. Now, what they're doing here is they're slow walking this, which kind of is keeping everything up in the air. So they don't want to commit to Joe until a decision is made while a consensus in deep state is made. And this is a joint investigation between the IRS and the Department of Justice. And it appeared that the IRS was doing their job. They were pushing ahead, but they kept on hitting a brick wall when it came to the Department of Justice and their role in this investigation. And then I also note that the IRS had taken the entire investigative team off of this case which raises another flag. And I think that they were taken off because people, too many people on the team kept on raising heck about, well, what's the D Department of Justice doing here? They keep on slow walking everything. But I think that the deep state, the Department of Justice may have shot themselves in the foot because now this entire thing is opened up. I don't think they expected whistleblowers to come out and expose the Department of Justice slow walking this. So this may come back to burn everyone. When I mean not the whistleblowers, but the Department of Justice and the, the Biden White House and Biden himself. And remember, the cover-up is always worse than the crime. And we may have some cover-up here with the Department of Justice that's going to cause severe blowback to Joe Biden's administration. So keep your eyes out on this. See what happens. Read between the lines. I'll help you read between the lines if you need help. So the House Judiciary Committee has requested records on the Department of Justice involvement, its role in the IRS's investigative team being replaced. And let me just read a quick article here. It's from the New York Post. 
says the House Judiciary Committee demanded Thursday that Justice Department hand over any records detailing its role in the purge of IRS investigators assigned to first son Hunter Biden's case. The 13-person investigative team was taken off the criminal probe of President Biden's 53-year-old son last week, allegedly on DOJ orders after supervisory agent Gary Shapley contacted Congress to allege a cover-up featuring preferential treatment and false testimony to Congress by Attorney General Merrick Garland. So the House is on top of this, and this is going to get interesting. Keep your eyes on it, and we shall see. Now, in a related topic, the FBI still is not handing over requested information regarding a confidential informant's 1023 form, which said that Joe Biden was taking kickbacks while he was vice president of the United States. So Christopher Ray still will not supply Congress with Form 1023, where the confidential informant essentially says that Joe Biden is corrupt. And Congress has ways of making the FBI and other departments within the federal government to supply the information. And I think Jim Jordan came out with a tweet the other day, or a couple of days ago, that said that, yeah, he's willing to hold up. I think there's a $500 million facility that the FBI wants to build, and he's willing to withhold funding for that project unless the FBI complies. That's one of the things. There's other things that they can pursue. I think they've got paperwork being put together to put Chris Ray in contempt of Congress. And in a related topic, uh, the FBI is not being forthright in supplying information regarding J6. And it has to do with two pipe bombs that were placed at the RNC and the DNC headquarters in Washington. And for some reason, they are not supplying Congress with videos. Now, there's also a rumor that they know who the person is. They have the license plate of the person's car that placed these bombs. And you ask yourself, why? Why are they covering this up? Who is this pipe bomber connected to or potential pipe bomber connected to? Is it a CIA operative? Is it an FBI operative? And you also remember that early on, and a lot of people didn't pick this up or may have forgotten, Vice President Kamala Harris was in the area of this pipe bomb and nothing was made of it. You heard it once and everything was silent. Why, why is she silent on this? Is there a connection between her and the pipe bomber? I'm just speculating at this point. But why are they not being forthright with the identity of this pipe bomber? My guess it's a, some type of CIA operative or FBI operative. And I wish that Congress would pursue this a little more because this is extremely important. So we shall see. And I wanted to talk about a grant program that was run by Homeland Security. And it's startling yet not surprising. And the grant program is called the Targeted Violence and Terrorism Grant Program. and the intent of the program is to enhance the prevention of violence and terrorism. And what they do is they hand out grants to certain organizations, schools. They're going to help them identify terrorists and violent organizations. And one of the grantees is the University of Dayton, which DAS awarded $352,000 to, to draw on the expertise of the University of Dayton's faculty to fight domestic violence extremism, and hate movements. Now, part of their application, they included a, a pyramid of far-right radicalization. And among the membership in this pyramid are the Republican Party, the Heritage Foundation, the American Service, the Conservative Union, Fox News, Breitbart News, 
the NRA, Prager University, Tea Party Patriots, MAGA, the pro-police Blue Lives Matter movement, and the Christian Broadcasting Network. The pyramid also included hate groups like the BASE, a neo-Nazi paramilitary group, and the Daily Stormer, a pro-Nazi publication, seemingly comparing them to mainstream organizations as the GOP. So we got the DHS handing out grants to Dayton University. Dayton University in its application referenced a pyramid which linked the Christian Broadcasting Network, Breitbart, Prager University, the Republican Party with Nazis. And this is how the deep state works. And if there's one thing that Trump can do is get rid of these NGOs. The federal government hands out these grants to these NGOs to do their bidding. For example, Catholic Charities and other organizations, the UN, that undermine the American way of life and target you, me, Trump, anyone else who disagrees with them. And they'll use these organizations as reference points to go after a Trump, to go after you. Why is Darren Maloney a terrorist? Well, because Dayton University said that. Darren Maloney is on the list at Dayton University. He's a terrorist. Simply because I disagree with the federal government. And that's how they work. Look at the Southern Poverty Law Center. How did they become the arbiters on who's a racist and who's not? It's a political organization. So if you disagree with their politics, you're a racist. But you see the federal government, Department of Justice, always refer to the Southern Poverty Law Center when determining who's a racist and who's not a racist. And this is what they're creating. The world little circle. And that's what's dangerous about these NGOs because they have their own agenda and they also have to meet the agenda of those people that are giving them money. And this is what's dangerous and this is what has to stop. It's not only the merger of government with corporations, it's the merger of these quasi-public-private organizations with an agenda. So we shall see. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the debt ceiling. And it's 8 o'clock at night and there's still no resolution uh, to the debt ceiling. And one thing I just wanted to point out is Janice Yellen came out today and said, oh, remember when I said June 1st was the drop-dead date? Well, she switched it, to no surprise to me. It's now June 5th, and she still won't come out with her numbers, her cash flow numbers. And there's a reason why, because she's playing a political game. She's trying to create this crisis so everybody has to rush around at the last moment and make bad decisions. But that's how Washington works. Create your crisis, get everybody running around, and make decisions. And those decisions are usually bad decisions. Or a decision that they wanted, but no one was looking because they had manufactured a crisis. So Janet Yellen tried to accelerate this crisis by saying January 1st was the drop-dead date. Now, the other thing I have to point out is that, and I've said this over the past... uh, few episodes, is that Yellen is trying to conflate paying your debt, paying your bonds and notes with paying a bill for a contractor, a defense contractor, for example. She's trying to make people believe that, well, Wall Street's going to respond the same way if we don't pay a contractor on time with us not paying our treasury bonds and notes. And that's just misleading. And some of Wall Street is playing in on this because Wall Street 
They want spending. They want government spending. It's good for them. And again, this has to do with the merger of Wall Street with government. The heck with inflation. They can live with inflation. A lot of them are saying right now, oh, you know what? The Fed's got to accept 5% inflation because it doesn't affect us. It only affects the other Americans. And we don't care as long as we can make our money. So they want their spending, and they want their spending that comes with an increased debt cap. Yellen wants her crisis created so people make bad decisions so she can borrow more and more and more and spend more and more and more. So right now, they're still negotiating. McCarthy had sent the Republicans home for the holiday, but told them, look, if we come to some type of resolution, I'm going to call you back. You got 24 hours notice. And here's the interesting thing. Yellen has pushed the date now to June 5th. If they don't resolve this by June 5th, nothing's going to happen. The world's not going to end. Federal government has a ton of money to pay their bonds and notes. And Wall Street knows this right now. That's why the market's been up since this whole crisis started. Now, don't forget, McCarthy went to Biden when he first became speaker and said, look, we got to do something about this months ago. And Biden just, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to do anything. I mean, they're just incompetent. They don't know how to negotiate. They just want to go to right to crisis mode. And that's what they did. Because in crisis mode, everybody panics. Everybody, oh, we had to do this because we were in a crisis and it wasn't perfect, but we had to do it. And that's the way Washington work. Shouldn't work like that. So that's where we are right now. I doubt, you know, I'll be surprised if they come to some kind of conclusion by the end of the day. And again, it's Friday, May 26th. Right now it's 8.15. But the Republicans have the leverage here because I think it was a CNN poll that said 60% of the American people say that they want spending cuts if the debt ceiling is increased. Because we cannot go on like this. Cannot continue to borrow and borrow and spend and spend. So we shall see. I want to thank you for listening. You have a good week and I will talk to you next Saturday.